0: Welcome to episode 13 of Barmy Article 15 Minutes of Fanzine. I hope you've enjoyed the winter break, though at times it hasn't felt like a break at all. We haven't been spurred the drama of modern football, and at the same time we haven't had the actual football to give respite from that drama. United went to Malta, the island where Oliver Reed took his last drink, Maximus Decimus Meridius fought for his freedom, and a group of fans chanted in defiance of the club's efforts to silence them. Malta is derived from the Greek word for honey, but some parts of this visit weren't so sweet. Mark Whitby will talk about those issues at the end of the podcast, and since my views resemble his, I won't venture too far into that subject, only to say I agree with your right to chant whatever inoffensive chants you like at the football, and I have the right to find those chants embarrassing. On the subject of the manager, if you want him gone, that's your prerogative, but don't perceive any fluctuation from your level of vitriol as a defence of the manager. Some of us are capable of nuance and reason. If that's you, the invite remains to write a piece for the fanzine. As long as it's constructive, you're free to offer your opinion. It doesn't have to match mine. I'll still print it. It's a platform for all United Women fans. Please step forward. But more on Malta from Mark. I'm going to focus on issue 12 of the fanzine that's, that is now available. And we will be on sale this Sunday outside LSV. It's been a while, October was the last one that was released and it'll be good to get out and meet people face to face and have those little chats pre-game. It's also available online in the usual place. This issue is a biggie. The front cover was designed by Stanley Chow in his unmistakable style and displays his likeness of Aoife Mannion due to the main feature being an interview with her. It was a privilege to be granted that access, and I'm sure you'll enjoy your insights in that six-page interview. As the name suggests, though, it is a fanzine, and the other features include Mark, who you'll hear from shortly, talks about rotating opinions. Our other regular Zoe Hodges talks about the links with Roebuck and previous cross-city transfers. Lady Kel recalls a visit to Paris in October. Oh, how long ago that feels now. Rita the Scarf makes her fanzine debut talking about diversity. Two readers, Andy and Daisy, give their opposing views on booing in the women's game. And the back page is adorned with more artwork as Doodling Lou shares her sketch of Elton in the classic United kit from 99. That's part of a series of drawings she's done which are well worth a look. All that's left for me now is to wish you a pleasant weekend, with hopes that I'll see you on Sunday for a chat and a fanzine sale. And now over to Mark.
1: I wasn't able to get to Malta for the game against PSV, but I understand something of a kerfuffle was generated when some United fans were asked to cease their anti-Skinner chants. Some of them have written to the supporters club to protest about it, and they have a point, don't they? On the face of it, I agree that fans have a right to express their opinions whether I agree with those opinions or not, within reason. As I wasn't at the game in question, I can't comment on whether they overstepped the mark or not. What I can say is that some of the comments being hurled from the West End during the game against Liverpool were at least borderline unacceptable. Comments on Mark Skinner's alleged favouritism towards certain players, for instance, and possibly unsavoury reasons for that in some cases. That's when it goes too far for me, and indeed I've decided to sit behind the goal for the Newcastle game in the hope. Possibly forlorn, that there is less chance of having to put up with such nonsense. It's also very naive of supporters, and I use the term loosely in this instance, to assume that directing abuse at the manager isn't sufficient grounds for them to be ejected from the grounds. I agree that, unless it goes too far, this shouldn't happen, but as a pure matter of fact, football clubs do have the power to take such actions, and I know of many instances, including some recent ones, where it's happened. I also understand the request in Malta came from the players, who were unhappy about hearing such chants. It's wrong to assume players don't hear us and are immune to what we say. Perhaps at Old Trafford a voice is easily lost in the crowd, but at LSV or other grounds it's really not that difficult to hear what we're shouting. Assuming such a complaint was made by the players, is it wrong for the club to act on that?' It opens up a lot of questions about fans' relationship with the club and doesn't answer many, I admit. I'm inclined to take the stance of John Mortimer during the Oz trial. I don't like your sordid little magazine, but I will go to the end of the earth to defend your right to publish it. Except I'm not sure I do. I accept I have to put up with things I don't agree with being said by other people and I can counter that by my own positive comments and chants. But should I really have to put up with someone alleging that Mark's preference for Katie Zellum in midfield is down to something other than his appreciation of her footballing ability? Like I say, I've no evidence that that was suggested at Malta, and I suspect it probably wasn't, but such things are coming through, and certainly I'm hearing them, and I wonder if the players are sometimes too. The letter to the Supporters Club also claimed to be not from a group of named individuals, but to represent opinion of the match-going supporters as a whole. You don't represent them, frankly, and that's what my biggest problem is in this. I may have to put up with your inane and uninformed comments about Mark Skinner, and I might defend, if they don't go too far, your right to do so. I do have a problem with you claiming to speak for me, though.